to speak. I, because time is gone, that's why I didn't want an introduction just to go ahead with you. What you have heard, you know, is very, very detailed. But I know that there are some of you who all those languages like jargon to you. It is because of the level of your business. But to the others who are on the entrepreneurship already, all these languages mean a lot. If while pastor was speaking, he made mention of some, you know, phrases, and they look strange to you, what you ought to do, write down and Google it. One of the things that he told you affirmatively was that he went into the for a search and that um, he checked the Bloomsburg and uh, he was looking out for field organizations. Now, and he told you the essence of research. In the book of, in the book of uh, Habakkuk, he says, write down the vision and make it plain so that Herald will run with it. Um, I think we need to do a business seminar because um, I saw him rushing over many things because he wanted to cover other things which if we have a business seminar for three days or a whole day really you know weekend we will be able to go into details of those things and they can break them down very very well but um, you have been introduced to his new business money money sites insights so make sure that you use that business before he puts in charges because in a short time if you call that place you will pay so before he gets to the place where you pay make sure that you 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 maximize it i told you some time ago uh, about within the past two weeks that i want to get those who didn't be in this church to hold personal meeting with those of you who have established business so that we will look at the structure of your business and then we can advise you practically what will not work and what will work. When Pastor told me that he's treating these aspects, I was going to teach about governance and structures of business from a micro business to a PLC. That's what I would have loved to treat because I'm writing papers over this for the past two months. But uh, time is short. I will go ahead because the last, the man of yesterday also took my time. So I couldn't teach you for yesterday. So I will look at the men who changed their world. But write these things down just to back up what Pastor was teaching you. Luke chapter 14, 28 to 30. I'm sure that Pastor will have given you that if not that we said you should just face business. He gave that to you last year too. Suppose one of you want to build a, a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able 
to finish. Write it down. We will look at that in light of, you know, building up your business. Second thing that I was writing while he was speaking is the few keys to success in business. Ecclesiastes 10.10 If the axe is dull and its edges unsharped, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Any area of business that you go into, make sure that you acquire the skill. Don't go into a business that you are not informed at all. You must be fully informed uh, to be able to go into business. And the better skill you have, the easier you can operate. Number two key, knowledge of the business is of vital importance. Daniel chapter 1 verse 17. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Because God brought them from Israel to Babylon. The first thing is that they must understand Babylonian, you know, education. They must understand the language of Babylon, the history of Babylon, the culture of Babylon. Let me just digress a little bit and I'm, I'm sure that um, Pastor will agree with me on this. You see, this Brexit or breaks in you are talking about, the reason why many people have decided to some people, not many now, because they are minority. The reason why some people have just accepted that they should exit Europe is because they have no education. All those people who are talking on television about, uh, you know, we have to be great. We have to be great. We have to be in control of ourselves. They are talking nonsense. When I look at them sometimes, I just shake my head. And the reason is because for the past two years, I've acquired a lot of knowledge about European Union. The things they say by European Union is not correct. Academical, it is an academical, it is academically nonsensical. And what they are telling you about yeah, if we Brexit, if we are outside Europe, we will be able to control our immigration. Really, in intelligence of academics, all right, in or out of Europe has nothing to do with control of immigration. I listened to two professors today one professor from Oxford University who is a professor of refugees in refugee studies. Another professor of uh, European Union law who is a professor from King's. And they talk sense. They talk, I mean, sense. And anybody who wanted to vote to leave, if he had them, he would not. Because For you to be able to succeed in business, you must understand there's a language of the terrain. If you don't learn the language of your business and you go into it, you can be guaranteed among the um, 50% that, that collapse within five years. It's not because of demon. It's because of folly. So knowledge is very good. God gave them first. If you look at Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, when that knowledge has matured, it says that now Daniel... So distinguish himself among the administrators and the satraps by, this, by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. And this, at this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for ch charges against Daniel in his conduct of 
government affairs, but they, they were unable to do so. I want to look at that. They tried to find grounds of accusation, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption, number one, in him because he was trustworthy, number two, and neither corrupt nor, nor negligent. And the word negligence is one of the greatest killer of entrepreneurship. Alright? So, keep that. Finally, this man said, we will never find any basis for charges. All this information they are giving you is to um, equip us so that we will not be uh, uh, uninformed. And lack of information could lead to potential negligence sometime, which is a disaster for investments. Now, knowledge. Proverbs 24, verse 3 to 4. By wisdom, a house is built. And in this case, a business is built. And through understanding, it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Wisdom, built, understanding, established. But you need knowledge to run. While he was speaking, I saw something as well from what Jesus said. The book of Luke 6, 10. He says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. How you know a, a person who will succeed in business is how they conduct their business at the beginning. From the beginning. Alright? Trust and diligence. Somebody who cannot manage, you know, his, his business, which is just about 2,000 pounds. That is, you can trade with 2,000 pounds and make profit with 2,000 pounds and trade with 2,000 pounds and increase the profits, then increase your capital and make profit. If they give you 2 billion, you will mess it up. Because all the principles for the big is what is built in the small. When I was looking at this scripture, Jesus said this. That whoever cannot be trusted, whoever can be trusted with very little, can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little, is also dishonest with much. Now look at the next thing he said. Verse 11. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Now that tells me that if you are a Christian, that you cannot really gather yourself together to make income and good living, you will be a useless minister if you are appointed to do so. You know, I always say to you that anybody who has not made success cannot show other people the way to success. So in this church, this church does not, does not employ a jobless man to be a pastor or ordain a jobless man. We don't do that. We never. It is a rule forever. Everybody Jesus called, he called them on active duty, doing their business. Alright? They were working. When you will never find one disciple of Jesus Christ who was not a successful person in what he was doing before Jesus called him. And because they had worked and been successful, all the acumen they, they, they built up, to be successful in the earthly things, when they brought it to, the, to, to Christ, they blew the whole world to pieces. 
Are we together now? And this is the scripture. If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, a little penny God gave you, you cannot save 10 pounds when you are earning 100 pounds. If you earn 2 million, you will not save 100 pounds. I would get that. The last one is this. Verse 12. This is very interesting. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own, including God? So I always say to those of you who just graduated university that to graduate, to read, and graduate with first degree, and then you went away to go and start business and you are not in employment, is fooling yourself. You shouldn't have gone to university at all. Because if you know that all what you want to do in your life is business, it's better that the four years you spend going to university, you spend it learning that business. Because if you, if you graduate university, all right, Jesus is saying here that for you to be trusted with great wealth, heaven must have seen your faithfulness under somebody that you are serving. This is what God is saying. Very black and white. If you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will trust you? Who will trust you? How can God bless a man with people who will serve you when you have never served under somebody else and been diligent? The principle of God, it was every man sweat that he repaired. But this is Pastor Tayo. He did architecture. I did learn some and mapping sciences. When we left school, all right, if he had some friends, which some friends did, he would just go and set up architectural outfits when they left school. They are the ones who designed bungalow and one-story building all their lives. Okay, Abi? But if an architect went out of school and he went to work with one of the biggest architectural firms who designs skyscrapers, okay, he will go in there as a trainee. And it will, it, will, it will rise through the ranks. And uh, by the time he spent 15 years, he is on the top. They will use you all around the operation. Then you will know what an architectural company really is to set up. Not just a drawing house, a drawing office. I would together now. So if you decide to set up your architectural outfit in five, 15, 20 years... You will be contending for the same contract there because apart from the fact that you have learned all the skill, as you go up, you have worked with various top guys who have seen your skill. And by 12, 12, 15 years, 20 years, you say you want to leave. Some of them will even tell you that, look, we'll give you some work. Even the company where you have served will be giving you a job because they have seen your ability. I remember when I finished Lance of Inn at the time, there are some of us who decided to go and work in what we call federal service, the government office. And the comfort of that is that they just post you into the, into the field to be doing mapping only. That's what you do, just measuring ground. But I wasn't satisfied with that. I want to practice in all the aspects. I practiced in mapping, and I went to join George Wimpy. They were saying to my saying they will use you in that place. Yes, when I went to George Wimpy, if you graduate in the university, when you come to them, they will train you in their training school. So they took me to training school, trained me. By the time I finished training, 
when I worked there for two years, I had covered everything in highway design and construction. I could set up a complete construction company. I could drive graders, I could operate bulldozers, I could operate everything. Because as far as they are concerned, if you came out with civil engineering or you came out with surveying, land surveying, you know, they would, they would treat you the same way. And we were going to highway and construction. And if anyone who has sat in such atmosphere for years would go and set up a practice, it's not going to be a motion practice. The same thing in law. You can decide to go and work and have a shop in the high street. But you can decide that you want to establish, you want to be a partner of the first three. But it's very different in output. But it begins from what Jesus said. You have to serve in a place and God will see you faithful in that and then God can entrust you also with with your own estate. We'll look very quickly in the next 15 minutes on completing yesterday. Yesterday we looked at raising a godly family. Oh, you know, yeah, a godly family. And the man came and told us about the danger of internet and how to, how to deal with all that. But I want to give you some bullet points to go and look at and we'll look very much into one man. The first thing is the duty of parents. What is the duty of parents? Proverb 1.8 It says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. In that, we understand that the duty of a father is to instruct his family in godliness and the duty of the mother is to cooperate and teach the children. Where the husband instructs and the wife, you know, decides to water down what the father has said, then you give back to a, a, a family where the children will not know their left from their right. And you will also recognize that when you grow old and they have to, all of them have left you, that's when you suffer. Because you have sown a seed and the fruit of such seed is you can only reap it, you reap it when you are old. So, a, 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 the duty of a father is to instruct. And you must not spare your children in instructing them. Yesterday we talked about all that. How you have to make sure that um, you, you know, monitor your children as they grow up and changes in their growth. And you, you flow along with them so that you teach them. And they have confidence in receiving your teaching. You exchange your knowledge, your wealth of knowledge with them. So that your children really have true knowledge. If they have the true knowledge of God, you have done your own duty. Number two, <coughs> Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Believe those scriptures are facts. If you miss it when the children are young, then you may be regretting it. But if you train a child when the child is young, forget it. The seed don't die. They don't die. Even if any one of them wander away, he will wander back. The seed is inside them. The Bible cannot be broken. Now, the God of covenants, 
the first man that we're looking into is Abraham. Very, very quickly. The example of Abraham. We know that Abraham, the Bible tells us that he's the father of faith. Isn't it? You read that book of uh, Galatians 3. You read that in the book of um, Hebrew 11. Even to chapter 12 talks about him. And from Genesis chapter 12. But now let's look at God made covenant with Abraham in chapter 12 of Genesis. Why? Chapter 18 verse 17 to 19 of Genesis says, Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? How could God love a man so much that God is going to do something? And God is telling the angels that, look, we have to tell this, my friend. We'll look at Enoch before the end of the week and you'll be amazed about Enoch too. I mean, I love God to knock my door and just come and tell me some secret things, you know, and just come and chat with you and reveal things to you. What a privilege. Why would God do that? Verse 18 says, Abraham, God said, Abraham will surely become great and powerful nation, and all nations of the earth will bless through him because I have chosen him so that he may direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. By doing what is right and just. So that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he had promised. Now, I told you yesterday and I re-emphasize on that. that This scripture is one of the scriptures that help us understand that when God gave, make a covenant with you. Alright? It depends on your obedience also. See, God is interested in blessing you and I. But God is interested in you taking care of what he has committed to your hand too. It's a bargain. The reason why God will bless Abraham and fulfill his covenant with Abraham is because Abraham will instruct his offspring to live right and just in the way of the Lord. No compromise. No compromise. Because Abraham will not compromise with his children. And I will show you, and that's why we end today, another man that God promised like that. And because he compromised with his children, God wiped everybody off. Both him and all his household were wiped off. But for Abraham, God said, the reason why we fulfilled my covenant is that he won't spare anybody. When it comes to truth about his children, he does not pamper anybody. He will give them heart. So that his children know the truth. His children will not be spared the truth. Who God is, he will, he will teach them. He will make sure that they understand who God is. When it comes to instructing in godliness, there is no, no middle line at all. There is no may be, may not be. No. The gospel is rigid and it has to be given to your offspring like that. God is God. He's not a party. Alright? And if God became flesh and dwelt with us, does not mean we should be rude to him or we should dishonor him. He is God. He must be feared as God. He must be revered. We cannot argue with him. We obey him and we surrender to him. You are, there is no intelligence you can have that you can contest with God. God is God. And that is Abraham. 
Alright. But if you look at it, God fulfilled his covenant with Abraham. And then he fulfilled it with his children. Because Abraham was faithful to frankly raise his household to do what is right and just before the Lord. But look at the other man, Eli. This is a pathetic story. First Samuel chapter 1 verse 3. This one, I'm taking it very, very quickly. I'm not speaking now for about 15 minutes, isn't it? So, in the next 10 minutes, I'll finish this one. It says, yearly after this, <laughs> after this man went up. Okay, look, let me, let me just, I, I, let me read it to you, just the full history. Uh, verse 1. There was a certain man from Ramathin at Zophite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, and an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Now verse 3. Year after year, this man went up from, the town, from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were what? What were they? What were they? Anybody who is a priest of the Lord, you will expect them to be Virtuous, to be godly, to be righteous, isn't it? Because once you, you are a priest, the father is, was a priest, and in the lifetime of the father, the children became priests. Alright? But let us see, though they were priests of the Lord, look at chapter 2, verse 12. Verse 12 says, Eli's sons were wicked men. They had no regard for the Lord. Something is happening here. You know, Abraham, God confirmed his promise before him because he, he would teach his children to have regards for the Lord. But this one, the Bible says that the man is still alive and he raised and his children became priests after him, according to God's covenant. But his children were wicked. So priests could be wicked. Ordination does not make a man righteous. Now, when the Bible says they were wicked, what were their sins? What, what did the Bible see in them that call wickedness? Look at verse 22. It says, now Eli was very old and had about everything his sons were doing to all Israel. And how they slept with the women who served at the entrance of the tent. They are priests and they are sleeping with women who served 
in the church. So, he said to them, why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about this wicked deeds of yours. Now, this man talking to these children, Eli. No, my son, it is not a good report that I hear spreading among the Lord's people. If a man sins against another man, God may mediate for him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? His sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke. For it was the Lord's will to what? Can you see that? You see, why is it the Lord's will to put them to death? Because they did not fear God. That scripture is not saying that God pro- programmed or destined. No, he didn't destine that. I will show you the destiny in a minute. Understand and remember, the covenant of God remains with you if you fulfill the bargain. If you don't fulfill the bargain, forget the covenant. That is God for you. Because God promised you something does not mean you. How many people have dreamt and seen themselves preaching in a stadium and they died, they never preached in a, a small room? Huh? I remember some years ago, a young man, vibrant, you know, when God began to move and CFT was bad, came to me. And that man, God told me, I brought him to work with you. And there were some of them who were following me, yeah? And then suddenly the guy came to me and said that, Apostle God told me that I work with you. I said the Lord told me, but when God speaks to me about a person, I know, don't tell them until they receive it. Then I told him what God, God showed me he would do with him in CFT. So, you know, when a bath begins and revival is on, a lot of excitement. And after the church was established in Lagos and the church was growing very rapidly, he was supposed to be the pastor in charge. Where pastor that person, he was supposed to be the resident pastor. And then, he just came to me one day and he said that, Apostle, you know, I think God is calling me to do something else. I said, what? I said, the God that I know doesn't change his mind. When he calls, he calls. What he tells you from the beginning, he will say till you die. He will repeat himself. I said, so what do you want to do now? He said, God has given me a global ministry. I said, yes, this is a global ministry. He said, no. He said, the Lord told him to take his healing to all nations. I said, I don't dispute it, but here is where you do it. He said, no, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have a ministry. I will go all over the world doing crusades. And you know with me too, if someone tells me that God tells me to move on, I will bless you right on the spot. If you come back later, I will tell you that you have to go. First, you must go because you say God said. If after you've gone and then you have seen what happened, it could be a year or two, and you discover that you made a mistake. If you come back, I'll take you. But if you say God said I should go, if you leave my presence, haven't I told you I don't do that? You say, no, 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 I'm convinced. If you leave my presence and go, if you get to that door and come back to me and say, no, Apostle God said I shouldn't go. I said, no, I've sent you out already. You won't, you won't come back. You have to go. Because you cannot lie against God. Let me tell you something. 
till today, they don't know him in Lagos. Even in the area where he has the church. But it's possible that if he had obeyed at the time, because where we were and how the church started, it affected the church, of course. Because when the pillar is taken away, they do not, they do not, people don't always remember that they are being removed by when you remove yourself after people have relied on you, it will affect other people who rely on you. So they have to now replan and replan. And if you are the one God said to be there, it may take time to get a replacement sometime. Okay? Till today, nobody had him. So what I'm saying to you is very clear. We need to understand God. So, so, so God is so rigid. You can imagine ancient of this. If you have your great-grandfather still alive, and you are telling him, Grandpa, great-grandpa, you know, walk fast. He will say, I am walking fast. Isn't it? And he will do it like that. That is good for you. They have nothing to rush about. God is God. These boys, their father was talking to them, but he was not really rebuking them. It was an apologetic talking. If a man sins against another man, may, you know, God may mediate. But if a man sins against God, who will intercede for him? His sons, however, did not listen to their father, father's rebuke. For it was the Lord's way to put them to death. Now verse 26 says, And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with God. We're not talking about Samuel today. Now, how about we look at the sins of, of, of uh, Eli? And the, the father told them that, look, what you are doing is not good. <laughs> and they did not listen. But they are priests of the Lord. And their father was like the chief priest. Then what happened thereafter? From verse 27. It says, Now a man of God came to Eli and said to him, This is what the Lord says, Did I not clearly reveal myself to your father, your father's house, when they were in Egypt? Now God is reminding them covenants. Yes. It says, I chose your father out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar, to burn incense, and to wear the effort in my presence. I also gave your father's house all the offering made with fire by Israel. What is that covenant? 29, the covenant. 29 says, Why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering and th that I prescribe for all dwelling? Why do you honor your sons more than me by flattering yourself on the choice part of every offering made by my people Israel. So, their father was an accomplice of their conduct. Did you see this now? Because if you look at what uh, he said, Oh, my sons, that is not a good thing. Why would you do that? Some will say, oh, but he is correcting them. No! A thief cannot call a thief thief. 
Hallelujah. And so God is saying here, why will God not repent of, why will God's judgment affect Eli as well as his son? If Eli had taken the position as God instructed Abraham by telling his children family, really if I was Eli, I would just communicate those children instantly. The false report, once it's verified, they are removed. God would have spared Eli if he did that. But Eli was told that your sons are sleeping with guests in church and he still retained them in the office. And he was just telling them, just take it easy. Take it easy. Hmm? So when God will punish now, God said to him, you are an accomplice. Number 30. He says, therefore the Lord, the God of Israel declares, I promise that your house and your father's house will minister before me forever. But now, the Lord declares, far be it from me. Those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me will be disdained. Did you see that? The time is coming when I will cut short your strength and the strength of your father's house. So that there will be no, there will not be an old man in your family line. And you will see distress in my dwelling. This is God speaking. You will see distress in my dwelling. Although good will be done to Israel, in your family line, there will never be an old man. Can you, look, let me say something to you. You must fear God. As well, you fathers, don't portray anything for your children. Call a spade as if it's going to cost you to read. I told you my senior pastor, when the daughter went to bring a, 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 an unbeliever for husband, he said to both the daughter and the, and the man, never you step my door. For over 30 years, they could not step the door. He said, he's a white man. Scottish man, he sent her daughter away and said, Don't mention her before me ever. I was the one that, after 30 years, brought them together. I would give them now. You must not spare your children when it comes to godly instruction. You must be firm. Any, anyone that I give birth to, and I tell you too, as my spiritual children, you are my children when you obey God. If you refuse and you make up your mind that you're not obeying God, forget it. Umbilical cord, I cut it off straight away. I cut it off straight away. If you come back after you've suffered well, I will join you back. That is God for you. Because so that you will not be, you will not allow your uh, uh, inaction to bring you under God's wrath. I will together now. If both of us sin against the Lord, then who will intercede for us when God will punish us? But if one of us sin against the Lord and the other one take a stand that I will follow you. The same thing, a child must not follow his father to go and be sinning against God. You are no more a child of that man. If the man is taking you to sin, cut him off. Because when God will punish him, he needs a righteous man to, to, to plead for his mercy, his mercy. And this is what happened to this man. Let me show you. When I, anytime I read this thing, I just say to myself, I feel like God will open the heart of everybody who believes in him. Who knows? You understand this? The Lord said, look at the curses God himself pronounced. He, he said, the Lord said, 
the God of I promise that you, your household will be, you, and your father's household will minister before me forever. But now, it's gone. It's gone. Covenant finished. Then, if, when covenant is finished, what happens? Curses. Say, far be it from me. Those who honor me, I will honor. So, any calling of God demands honor to the God who calls. He said, but those who despise me, I will disdain. The time is coming when I will cut short your strength and the strength of your father's house so that there will be no one, no old man in your family and forever it is. He says, and you will see distress that is he himself in my dwelling. Although good will come, will be done to Israel, which is the church. In your family line, there will be never an old man. Look at verse 33. Every one of you that I do cut off, I do not cut off from my altar will be spared only to be blind. To blind your eyes with tears and to grieve your heart. And all your descendants will die in their prime age. This is too much. And what happens to you, to your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, will be a sign to you. They will both die on the same day. May we not be a bad example of God. May we not be. Please, let me say this to you. Those of you who have not had children, you better listen well. You better listen well. If you do not enforce, you know, the word of God upon your kids as they are growing, God will punish you for it. It's a very grievous thing before God. Now, this is a prophecy. Did it come to pass the end of the story? Chapter 4, verse 11. Verse 1, really. Chapter 4, verse 1. What God said, did it happen? He says, Now Israelite went out to fight against the Philistines. The Israelites came at Ebenezer and the Philistines at Ephel. The Philistines deployed their forces to men to meet Israel. And at the battle spread, as the battle spread, Israel was defeated by the Philistines who killed about 4,000 of them on the battlefield. When the soldiers returned to the camp, the elders of Israel asked, Why did you... Why did the Lord bring defeat upon us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of the Lord, Lord's covenant from Shiloh so that it may go with us and save us from the hand of the enemies. Do you know something before I read verse 4? As we are learning here how God hates a father who refused to instruct his children in godliness, so also you must understand, if you have a friend who has turned away from God, you better be careful because on the day of his punishment, if you are there, you will be destroyed. You will be a casualty. Unless if your relationship with that friend, anytime you see him, you are fine. I said this, somebody was discussing me a few days ago. I was saying that, look, those of you who have father or mother who are not born again, don't take it easy with them. You greet them, Dad, how are you? Blah, 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 blah. Anything you discuss with them, 
make sure before you stop, you tell them that daddy or mommy, you are playing with eternity. I have told you to accept Jesus Christ. You must do that. And tell your parents, when I was young, you instructed me in good things. Now I'm seeing a good thing for you. You are, you are older now. You, you are closer to grave. Don't take it easy because a good number of times, children who are born again, don't tell their parents about this. They will be either mirandin all over the whole place. The person will die and then they will say, I, I, I must enter heaven. Enter heaven where? Enter heaven where? The heaven did not enter when it was on earth. If you don't enter heaven where you are not, forget it. You are going to hell. Oh, maybe in his deathbed he accepted Jesus. I'm so sorry for you. If Satan can make you not to tell him before his, his deathbed, forget, you think that anybody will be able to tell him before he dies? So you must be very firm when it comes to this. If, I have, if my parents were not born again, and I'm born again, if there's any reason why we will quarrel, it is about salvation, and I will not budge. I will not budge. We will be okay with everything, but I must tell you about salvation. I must tell you about your salvation. Because if he dies... Imagine hell is eternal. Hell is not temporal. When one dies, is the end of it. They may celebrate him and be killing cows and be doing party while he's screaming in hell. So it, you cannot take it easy at all when it comes to matter about God. You must make sure that those who are around you you let them know affirmatively. Not jokingly, but affirmatively. And that is what is happening. These Israelites died, not because they were supposed to die, but because they were with the children of Eli on the day God would destroy them. And they, their lives were wasted. Look at verse 4. It says, so the people sent men to Shiloh, and they brought back the Ark of Covenant of the Lord God, of, uh, the Lord God Almighty, the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubs, and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, wreck sinners, godless men, these two guys, priests, godless priests, were there with the ark. That is enough to provoke God to anger. If you will send anybody to go and bring a holy thing, it's not godless men who are sleeping with girls in the church who are going to send to go and bring a holy thing. Because all of them, their brain is gone. Accomplished. And Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were there. Very ark. When the ark of the Lord, the Lord's covenant came into the camp, all Israel raised such a great shout that the ground shook. Let me help you understand this. When you praise God and you feel like you have praise, it doesn't mean God is in your praise. No, it doesn't mean God is there. Your ground can shake and God is not there. You may praise and you didn't feel any physical thing. But God is in it because you are praising God from a pure heart. The ground shook. But look at what happened after the shaking of the ground. Hearing the uproar, the Philistines asked, What's all this shouting in the Hebrew camp? When they learned that the ark of the Lord had, been, had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid. A God has come into the camp, they said. We're in trouble. Nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us. Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? They are the gods who struck the Egyptians 
with all kinds of plagues in the desert. Now, be strong, Philistines. Be men. Or you will be subject to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought. Can you imagine? They feared God. Alright? But because God had determined that that day he will not defend Israel. Because he's bent on destroying and bringing to pass the tragedy against Eli and his family. God strengthened their, their hearts. Of the, the heart of the enemies. So, Philistines fought and Israel, Israel was defeated. Even with the ark of God and in the midst of them. So all they are shouting and their heart trembling. It is just emotion. It is, it is a shouting of men who are godless. A shouting of men who, are, who, who do not revive God or honor God. And God said, whoever honor me, I will honor. Who, whoever does not honor me, I will dishonor. May we not fall a victim of ungodliness. Listen, he says the slaughter was very great. Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. The ark of the Lord was captured. And Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died. As the prophet has said. The same day, Benjamin ran from the battle, battle line and went to Shiloh. His clothes tore and dust on his head. When he arrived there, and was, when he arrived, there was Eli sitting on the chair. Uh, there, was, he, there was Eli sitting on the chair by the side of the road, watching because his heart feared for the ark of the law of God. When the man entered the town and told what has happened, the whole town, listen to this, sent up a cry. Eli heard the outcry and asked, What is the meaning of this uproar? The man hurried over to Eli, who was 98 years old. Is God not faithful? <laughs> he left this man till he is 98. Maybe he will change. And whose eyes were set so that he could not see. He told Eli, I have just come from the battle line. I fled from it. This very day, Eli asked, what happened? What happened, my son? The man who brought the news replied, Israel fled before the Philistines and the army, was, the army has suffered heavy losses. Also, your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead and the ark of the Lord had been captured. When he mentioned the ark of the Lord, Eli fell backwards of his chair by the side of the gate his neck was broken and he died. For he was an old man and heavy. He, was led, he had led Israel 40 years. Now, listen to this. It's not finished. His daughter-in-law, the wife of Phineas, was pregnant. And near the time of delivery, when she heard the news that the ark of God had been captured and that her father-in-law and her husband was dead. She went into labor and gave birth, but was overcome by her labor pain. As she was dying, the women attended to her. Don't despair. You have given birth to a son. But she did not respond or pay any attention. She named the boy Ichabod, saying the glory had departed from Israel. 
because of the capture of the ark of God and the death of her father-in-law and her husband, she said the glory had departed from Israel for the ark of God had been captured. Don't play games with God. Listen to me. The God of mercy is the God of judgment. If there's anyone here, not only talking about children now, if your conduct before God is ungodly, if you are living a wayward life and taking God for granted, come on now. This is the God we are talking about. His covenant is with those who fear Him. He hears the cry of those who call Him. You read this all the time from Psalm 145. But who call Him out of a pure heart. God is not interested in gymnastics. He's interested in a humble man who will commit himself, his life, to serving the, the true God. Not somebody who is a Christian in the church and be anything outside the church. No, no. Understand God. Covenant of God is depending on you and I obeying the voice of God. We cannot trade anything for the God that we serve. Let's stand up on our feet. We're going to pray tonight for ourselves. You are going to pray and ask God to give you a heart that will reference God. That will revive God rather. It says, He who ha- it says to, to he who that honored me, I will honor. He who honors me, I will honor. He who does not honor me, I will not honor. We're going to ask the Lord, Father, give us a heart that will really revive you. Shall we begin to pray in the name of Jesus? Help me, O oh God, to serve you with all my heart. Pray and tell God, help me, O oh God, to fear you more than anything. I will not trade men for you. Tell the Lord to help you. Give us a heart that will serve you, Lord. A heart that will fear you, Lord. A heart that will not compromise. Like Eli. Do not let us be a victim. Tell the Lord, make me like Abraham. Help me to honor you in all my ways. Oh, sovereign Lord. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. I want us to pray. You know, the Bible says that if a trumpet does not sound a clear sound, nobody knows when there is war. In some family, the father will say one thing, the wife will say something else. And they are both Christians. You know, everybody will give account before God to what he has done while in the birthday form. The Bible says the father has instruct the mother's stage. I will gather now, even some of us will be in the midst of men who will be saying derogating things against God and we will not speak out. If anybody can speak against God where you are, you have the right in every, you know, ramification to speak too. Pastor was talking about if you, are, if, I, if you want to be in business, you must be ready to communicate. If you meet Richard Branson for 30 seconds, you want to sell your business so that I can invest. If you can't know what to say, you get nothing. Yeah? 
Stay with God. You cannot keep quiet when people are talking nonsense about your God. If you, your silence means admission. You have admitted that what they are saying is right. And Jesus said, whosoever confess me before men, I will confess with my father. If you denounce me before men, I will denounce you before my father and his holy angels. And Christians should not be, should not try to be politically correct. There is no such a thing as political correctness. When it comes to you, if you have the right to talk against my God, I have the right to tell you everything about him. We are going to pray that God will deliver us from the flesh and fill us with boldness to stand by faith and stand in the faith of God. Lift up your voice and begin to ask God. That I will not be quiet when I should speak. And I will not be deceitful in my communication. I will speak firmly about Jesus. Beginning from you and your children. Your children must know where you stand when it comes to the word of God. Your friends must know where you stand when it comes to the word of God. Pray and tell the Lord. Empower me, O God. Help me not to deny you in any way. Father, oh Lord Jesus, we bless you, Father. In Jesus' holy name we are praying. Let us pray for our men also because this is men's convention. It's a blessing to all of us that God will give our men everything they need to be the head of the home. I've seen men who are afraid to rebuke children because of the fear of their wife. Eh? Children must know that the father is the head. Not by shouting, but by your compulsion. How you comport yourself. Children must know clean clear that father will not take nonsense. Okay? You dare don't. But if a man does not have what it takes to be a head in the house, in a short time, his children will be calling him, bro. Oh yes, yes. When your children is called, when a child is calling his father, hello Mike, something is wrong with the head. The head is now become food. Are we together? The Bible says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long in the land of the living. We're going to pray for all our men. Those of you who are young men, we pray for you in this prayer. That when you become a husband, you will not be a husband that a wife will turn their head to the bush. Okay? I'm going to talk about that in this meeting. A husband is the one who dictates the space in the house for the wife where to go, how to go. Especially when you know that you are, let me say, if you marry somebody who is not a, a, a believer or somebody who is not a member of this house, so, and you are a man, which church do you go? Her church? You bring her here. Because you were raised in the world, and you know that you are raised in the world. She won't tell you where to worship. You tell her where to worship. You know, in your house, you must, you must be ahead. Somebody who thinks for the others and others will follow what your direction. But when it comes to 
you know, a man is in the house and the wife is just directing you like, you know, your head is staring and misleading you, that is a problem. That is a problem. That house can never be successful because the children will grow up without really knowing or having authority. We are going to pray for all our men that everything it takes to be the head of the house, that God will work it through them and work it in them. Shall we begin to pray in the name of Jesus? The brain, the authority, the mind sets the finance, the honor, the dignity, the respect, not by force, but by wisdom of heaven, that every man can lead their home in godliness. Every house can lead their family in godliness. Father, we pray thee, we pray thee, our head will not be tail. A house that the man is the head, the wife will enjoy a better life. A house where the man is confused, everybody is in turmoil. Grant wisdom to our men. Grant insight to our men. Grant understanding to our men. Grant them the power to run their home affairs. Father, we bless you. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Lord, I pray for men who, maybe by upbringing, they did not have a father figure. And so there is a big gap in them. I pray for men who are falling into a victim of terror women. Who terrorize them day and night to the place where they are so afraid to manifest as head of the family. Today, let deliverance come for them in the name of Jesus. I pray for men who are so despised by their wives because financially they are not up to task. And so when it comes to man speaking, the man is afraid to speak because the woman will so shout him down. Lord, let the order of things be changed for them. Everything materially financially, mentally, physically, that will make a man be head of his house. Father, I ask that everyone should receive in Jesus' name. Above all that, in being an example to our family, help us not to fail. Father, in living exemplary life, a role model life that our children can follow and copy, Something that will be a good indication for everybody to run. Father, Lord, whatever it takes us for that to happen, let it be manifest tonight. Anyone that is sick in his body, Lord, I cause sickness to die. I command a family to go. I cause sickness to die. I command a family to go. Lord, I cause sickness to die. I command a family to go. Lord, let there be healing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
God and King will bless your name. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the King of Heaven.